Welcome to Let's Talk Sustainability, the Mazars podcast series that explores the evolving sustainability landscape for business. In each episode, we hear from experts on a range of environmental, social, and government issues as they share best practice for building solid sustainability strategies and identify varied and valuable opportunities for business. Today, we're speaking with Maud Gaudry, Global Head of Sustainability for Mazars. Welcome and thank you for joining us, Maud. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Thanks for coming. So amid a flurry of regulatory activities since 2015 Paris Agreement, the European Commission has adopted the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or CSRD. What do business leaders need to know about this important directive? Well, I think the first thing they need to know is that uh, it was a much-awaited and very much welcome uh, new uh, piece of regulation. And by every uh, category of stakeholder, really, for many reasons, but uh, mainly because it will clarify and simpl simplify a very complex environment around sustainability reporting and data that is very difficult to navigate. Also because it will clarify expectations from all stakeholders, including preparers and users of uh, sustainability information. And more importantly, it will provide tools for those uh, different stakeholders to, to prepare that information and to use it. And, and uh, not the least, it will ensure that the data that is being provided is relevant and is comparable and usable. So beyond that first reaction from a, a, a wide variety of stakeholders, I think what is key and, and underlying in the uh, CSRD is the fact that there cannot be a successful achievement in terms of um, sustainable development without robust and reliable data. You cannot assess if a particular project or activity is going to be relevant, is going in the right direction, is aiming at the right goals and ambitions, and is performing well, if you don't have robust data to, to assess and make a judgment on all those different uh, parts of, of what is really at stake, really. So it was really about time that we had a common language that would be universally understood and spoken across the globe on, on non-financial uh, information and, and stakes. We've had that common language that is really robust and understood and spoken by everyone on the financial side of reporting, of corporate reporting. It doesn't exist today in, in non-financial reporting. And it was really an important missing piece of that, you know, gigantic uh, puzzle that we need to put uh, together. So it's, it's going to be an important step forward in terms of corporate reporting. And there's a lot to gain in, in implementing and welcoming this new directive. It looks like this directive will trigger tremendous changes in the way investors view and companies measure performance. Can we say it is a true revolution in the reporting world? We could be tempted to use that word revolution, but I think the reality is uh, more a structuring evolution than, than a profound revolution because it already builds on something that exists today that is uh, another directive dating back from 2014, the non-financial reporting directive that sets the stage for uh, sustainability reporting requirements in Europe. The difference is this new directive will go further and will propose tools and guidance that were missing in, in the current directive. 
with the objective of fostering alignment and coherence throughout uh, Europe and possibly beyond in terms of how economic players uh, produce sustainability information. So in a nutshell, the, the, the new CSRD will introduce a few strategic changes versus the, uh, the current NFRD. The first and maybe the most important one is the introduction of mandatory sustainability reporting standards. This is what the common language is about. It will actually prescribe very precisely what kind of information and under what format that information needs to be reported on sustainability matters. Today, it's, this part is critically missing because the NFRD is a framework that says what you need to report on, but it doesn't tell you how you need to report on that thing. So this, these standards will, uh, will change um, this profoundly. The other strategic change is about imposing mandatory limited assurance on all sustainable information. That won't change anything uh, in, in some of the uh, European countries. There are currently three out of 27 member states in Europe that have already made a mandatory audit an obligation. But for the, the remaining 24, it's going to be a significant change. And, and this is really key to achieving that goal of having reliable information, because unless an independent reviewer has looked into what you produced and said, okay, it's, uh, you know, proper application and transposition of standards and there are no errors or, you know, misleading information in what you have here, then you can always uh, doubt that the this, you know, working uh, material might be biased and it, it has been a tremendous challenge for a lot of stakeholders so far. Another important change introduced by the CSRD is the broadening of the, its scope of application. Today, the NFRD actually applies to large companies and listed companies or public interest uh, companies. That's roughly 12,000 companies in Europe. Tomorrow, the scope evolves towards still large companies and listed company, except that the definition of a large company changes. Uh, and in particular, a threshold of what is today 500 employees is lowered down to 250 employees, which will make a significant difference. Basically, we're going to move from 12,000 companies in scope of the NFRD today to close to 50,000 companies tomorrow with the CSRD. So it's, it's a big jump. And, and the other addition to that broadening of the scope is the introduction of the option for non-listed small and medium uh, companies to voluntarily disclose sustainability information based on standards that will be proportionate to what can reasonably be expected from, from SMEs. So that that is a significant uh, change in the right direction because the more economic players throughout Europe produce a reliable and relevant information, the higher our collective chances to actually meet our uh, collective uh, ambitions and goals in terms of sustainable development. It's not a change, it's a confirmation, but that's a much needed confirmation about the double materiality approach to sustainability reporting in Europe. It's important because it really differentiates the European approach compared to other international approaches, and in particular that of the Air Foundation or other key players on the international scene. 
It's important also because the international approach is mostly about investor approach. So what is going to be a useful decision point for investors? And that's basically answering the question, how external elements, whether from environment, social or governance, how we those external elements will impact the entity's ability to sustainably create financial value, right? So it's what we call financial materiality. And it's just one of the two legs we need to walk straight. The other leg is the assessment of the impact materiality. And impact materiality is identifying and assessing how my activities and my operations potentially have positive or negative impact on the environment, on society, on my stakeholders, and on governance. Because everything that I contribute negatively to in those different aspects will, at some point in time, translate into increased challenges for me to maintain a sustainable financial performance. So the double materiality approach in Europe is really very inclusive compared to, uh, to other international approaches. And one last change made and introduced by the CSRD, and it's an important one, is about the latitude that is given by the member states in transposing the CSRD in national legislation. The current NFRD gave a lot of freedom to member states to make some changes in the way they transposed the NFRD. And that resulted in many different ways of actually implementing the NFRD. So you can't compare a sustainability report that is produced by a German company to that that is produced by a French company. And that was really, you know, going against the, the objective of, of, of being able to, to compare across countries. The new directive leaves very little room for maneuver for member states to transpose the directive, which means that it, it's going to be mainly directly implemented as is in every 27 member states. Therefore, it should be a consistent and coherent uh, implementation, and that's a, a, a key factor of success. So all in all, it's, it's again, I, I wouldn't say it's a revolution, but it's a significant and, and very structural uh, evolution. So what CSRD means is that companies have some new obligations. What can you tell us about the concrete and operational application of CSRD? What will companies have to do and by when? First, I, I just want to clarify one thing. The, the CSRD is currently a proposal made by the European Commission to the European Council and Parliament, who still have to debate on that text and could potentially make change to it. Though it's unlikely because uh, the Commission has prepared a lot of this way before it was submitted uh, for, for to the legislative process, but things can always happen. If all goes well, the CSRD should be enforced in 2024 based on um, the reporting year 2023. So basically, we're talking about sustainability report that will be made public early 2024, but, but on the previous year. Second uh, important element is that what is really going to be the cornerstone of the implementation of the CSRD are the standards themselves. That first key change that was introduced by the CSRD. And those standards are being developed as we speak, and they will be adopted, again, if all goes well, by the Commission by fall 2022, around October next year. 
it, it's, it's an important factor in terms of implementation calendar, because unless you're being told what to disclose, there's not necessarily much you can, uh, you can do uh, for now. That said, if the, the directive doesn't introduce any groundbreaking change, it does clarify a number of different current aspects of sustainability reporting that are worth having in mind. The first one is that there's no revolution in the in the sense that um, the three key topics covered uh, are well known by everyone. It's the tra traditional ESG approach, environment, social and, and governance. What's new there is the fact that all those three topics are aligned first with the taxonomy for environmental objectives and, and to other a number of other European uh, pieces of regulation or legislation that do have sustainability reporting requirements. And it's always a good thing to make sure that uh, even though you might have different sources of reporting obligations, they're all converging and asking you to report the same thing. So that's, that's good news. In terms of substance, an, another slight change, it's not necessarily a change, it's more a, a, a more profound and obvious emphasis on some aspects of uh, reporting, including and specifically on risk and impact assessment and how those are being integrated into the way a company develops its sustainable and business strategy, how it defines its implementation plan, and how then at the end of uh, you know, that cycle it measures uh, performance. So no, no uh, you know, groundbreaking evolution, but uh, a shift of emphasis that, is going to, um, that could be uh, a challenge for uh, a number of preparers. And, and last piece of information about what has been changed and that will have consequences in, in implementation is the fact that the CSRD introduces a combination of sector agnostic information that will be complemented by sector specific information. So sector agnostic information will be mandatory for all entity in scope, regardless of what sector they operate in. And that will be complemented by specific information that will be required by entities within a specific sector that will reflect the, uh, you know, the particular risks and impacts linked to being uh, within that sector. I imagine that some might fear that what you have just explained us will add yet another burden onto companies. What can you tell us about the way CSRD was welcomed when it was published? Well, as I, uh, I think I already said, it was very much welcomed by a broad range of different stakeholders because they all shared the same challenges and the same needs, actually. The need for a robust and, and reliable information and a common language. There, there can't be success if we, if we are not talking the same uh, language and if we don't see the world with the same uh, glasses or lenses. So the key features of this, you know, universal law support for uh, for the CSRD are the, those standards I just uh, said a few words about, and that that common language, and also the mandatory audit because that's key to uh, comparability and reliability. So in a sense, audit will be, uh, you know, the, the the cornerstone and that last piece in the puzzle. That, that will really be a, a contributing success factor to the goal set by the directive. Now, a warm welcome doesn't mean there aren't any questions or expectations, and certainly it doesn't clear away a number of challenges, right, in terms of implementation. And a number of uh, recurring questions or comments include, 
But how much will the standards actually require in terms of disclosures? How far will they go? How deep will they go? How fast are we going to be expected to produce that uh, information beyond uh, the first-time application of 2023? The directive says there will be several sets of standards. How many sets of standards? Until when? How much is it going to cost me to produce? And for those European companies that are also global companies with a global footprint, a key question, it's very central to, to their final opinion about the CSRD, is about the potential alignment and convergence between the European standards and existing or even future international uh, initiatives and, uh, and standards. Okay, thank you, Maud. So to conclude, what do you think companies can do as of today in order to best prepare for the upcoming implementation of CSRD? Well, there are really two different uh, situations. There is this category of companies that are already in the scope of NFRD. They already produce sustainability information and reports. And for them, until the standards are issued and adopted in fall 2022, there is really nothing substantial that they can do to anticipate the implementation of the new directive. The story is very different for those who are entering for the first time the scope of application of that directive, because for some of them, maybe not all of them, but potentially a lot of them, it will be an entirely new exercise. So they're basically starting from scratch, whether they do have a sustainable strategy or not. So for those companies, I would advise that they start now because they have a year to be somehow ready to then intake whatever the standards will impose in a year from now. And that includes basic steps such as performing that materiality assessment, you know, identifying your risks, impacts and, and business opportunities, engaging uh, intensively with your stakeholders to, to agree on what is going to be material for you, then devise or revise your uh, sustainability strategy, define an implementation plan, targets, allocating resources and also an important part of that preparation is, uh, you know, from a, a data and system uh, perspective, what is it going to require for you to produce information that, yes, you don't know the exact content today, but you need, you need to anticipate that, um, that, key prep, um, that key prep step. Thank you, Ma. That was very clear. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I think we've come away with a good understanding of this new directive what it will mean for businesses, and how they can best navigate upcoming changes. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Sustainability. To keep up with the series, subscribe on your favorite podcast app or go to mazars.com.